This is Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24-7. Rock the red! The only sports talk show in Washington dedicated to talking Washington Capitals hockey. Hear from the players, the coaches, local and national media personalities. And call us with your questions and comments toll-free at 1-855-GO-CAPS-5. Radio 24-7. Here's your host of Capstock, Ben Raby. All right, welcome into another edition of Capstock, a Friday afternoon edition of the show and a game day edition of the show as we get you set for the Capitals and the Carolina Hurricanes tonight from PNC Arena in Raleigh as the Capitals get set for their final game before five full days off for the annual bye week. As we welcome you back inside the D.C. studios, it is Ben Raby back with you on Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app. And tonight's game between the Capitals and Hurricanes, also the back end of a home-and-home series. Two games in as many nights, with Carolina taking the front end of the back-to-backs last night at Capital One Arena. Ten seconds left behind the net. And Slavin wrapped up by Yoshi. The battle on the end wall. And for the first time since November 18th, Scott Darling is one on the road. Carolina with a 3-1 victory over the Capitals here at Capital One Arena tonight. The Caps' 10-game win streak coming to a close here. And unfortunate, but it is the first time that the Capitals have left this building with a loss since November 30th. And that in and of itself is downright impressive. And that was John Walton's final call last night as, yes, the Capitals fell for the first time in January. They see their season-best five-game winning streak come to an end, and they also saw their NHL-best 10-game home winning streak come to an end with the 3-1 defeat to the Carolina Hurricanes. Jordan Stahl opening the scoring for Carolina, a shorthanded goal for the Hurricanes with 8.27 remaining in the second period, a giveaway as John Carlson was looking for Alex Ovechkin just inside the blue line. So Stahl went the other way in transition, picked up his 12th goal of the season, the 199th of his NHL career. Capitals, though, would pull even late in the second period. The Tiger, Lars Eller, firing a one-timer past Scott Darling from the high slot. Lars Eller playing very well of late, his third goal in as many games, his fourth in the last six and his eighth overall on the season, T.J. Oshie and Christian Juice had the assists on the Lars Eller game tire. No assist on the play for Brett Connolly, but worth noting, a nice job by Connolly creating traffic atop the crease and obstructing the view from Carolina goalie Scott Darling. So Eller's eighth of the year tied the game at one, and it would stay that way into the third period, but Carolina's Victor Rask would net the eventual game winner for the Hurricanes with just over nine minutes remaining in regulation. And a little bit of an odd play, a delayed penalty call against the Capitals. So the Hurricanes had the extra attacker out on the ice. It was a six-on-five before Rask scored to make it 2-1 for the Hurricanes. Sebastian Ajo would later seal it with an empty netter, his team leading 15th of the season to secure the 3-1 Carolina win. But again, that Victor Rask goal, going to hear a whole lot about it uh, on today's show as we take some time to look back at last night's loss to the Hurricanes, the eventual game winner. Little bit of controversy as far as the Capitals were concerned. The Caps with the loss, unable to create a little bit more breathing room atop the Metropolitan Division. They remain four points clear of second place Columbus. Blue Jackets also lost last night. 3-1 3-1 in Buffalo. So the Capitals four points up on Columbus and still five points up on the third place New Jersey Devils. As for the Hurricanes, they get a much needed win as they pass both Pittsburgh and Philadelphia in the congested Metropolitan Division standings. And with the win, the Hurricanes leapfrogging past the Penguins and Flyers. They also move into the second wildcard position in the Eastern Conference as the Hurricanes looking to end the longest active playoff drought in the NHL. Hurricanes having missed out on the postseason dating back to 2009. 
And now the Hurricanes on the delayed whistle and the odd man advantage coming up. Here's McGinn with a quick pass over the line to uh, Kruger. He pulled up. Sanders to Falker is shot right on its arm by Hopi. The rebound. They score! Victor Rask as it was nonchalanted. Hopi armed it to the deep left wing and Rask pumped it in. So the Hurricanes on the delayed penalty. I'll tell you what, Backstrom's upset because he thought once Hopi stopped the puck, the whistle should have gone. And here at 10-15, And the Hall of Famer Chuck Caton with the call on the Hurricanes Radio Network. That was Victor Rask's game-winning goal for Carolina. And again, much confusion as far as the Capitals were concerned. Heard Chuck reference it at the end of that highlight call. And the Capitals on the delayed penalty, they felt the puck had been touched before the Victor Rask goal. And by rule, if the Capitals had the puck, had possession of it, the play should have been called. The goal should never have happened. Carolina should have been going on the power play, but at the very least, the game would have still been tied at one. And again, we'll have a whole lot of reaction from the Capitals dressing room regarding that game-winning goal from Victor Rask. And we start our tour of post-game audio. He touched on it as well. The head coach, Barry Trotz. Um, Well, I I thought... uh... We're really good at uh, breaking out of our end. I thought they did a good job forechecking us uh, today. Uh, the one thing that Carolina does is they they can skate and they try to pressure you and put you in small areas. And um, they did that. And so everything has to be crisp. Everything has to be, you know, you have to make sure that you, you stay underneath the, underneath the puck. So keep it in front of you all the time. And uh, they got really good sticks and they got good structure and they work work hard. So you've got a you've got a battle. You got to win your inches. Um, you've got to execute at a high pace. And you know, if, look at the goals today. I mean, shorthanded goal. You know, uh, delay a penalty goal and uh, an empty net goal. So a little bit we did to ourselves. Um, you know, and we got the we got the one goal off the face off. So. Um, you know, we, we're going to have to tighten up a few areas. I thought they were, they were just a little more desperate in the battle. I, I thought they, uh, you know, and then the special teams they got the, the shorthanded goal for them, and and uh, we weren't we weren't good. They're they're they're. I, we need more from everybody. I think. You should play. Have we whistled dead? My reaction to that. You know, I just watched it a few times, and uh, that's a that's a tough one. I, I'm going to ask the referees because I, I didn't get an explanation. I didn't think we had control, but the puck's up in the air, and if Brooks, you know, plays it, you know, he he hit it, and if it goes out in the, into the stands, it means that he had control, and we would have another penalty. So that one's tough because it's in the air. Uh, and the, the rule can't sort of go both ways. So technically, that would be control. Um, it just doesn't look like control. Uh, he hit it, and I think it went off back each in pads. Uh, and then run right over to, I think it was Rask that scored the goal. So that one is, I'm going to ask that question. I, I don't have an answer for you. Um, because uh, obviously we would have got another penalty if uh, Brooks would have hit it and went out, up in the stand. So... You can't go and say, "Well, we didn't have control of it." So uh, that one's uh, that one might go for the uh, the question. It might be a question to the league right now and the linesman. Pardon? It can't be an unassisted goal, and, and that call be right. Yeah, you're right. So. Uh, you got me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened with, with Andre Burkowski? Uh, he just uh, ill. We have some sickness going through right now. He won't be making the trip. He he came in and uh, he was scheduled to play, and uh, he got here and uh, he just started getting sick. So. Barry, what's been key to Lars Eller's recent offensive surge? Um, I just think he's he's playing hard. I mean, he's playing hard and heavy. It's hard to get the puck from him. He's skating. He's uh, hanging on to it. He's winning his battles, and he's playing a determined game, and we need more. We need a little more of that from everybody if we're going to have any success uh, tomorrow. 
Is some of that also having Oshie on that line, maybe? Yeah, I think I think you know Osh is a, is a guy that uh, has moved down. Uh, I shouldn't say moved down because Lars is playing so well. That, that I thought that was one of our best lines today. Uh, uh, they they got some some things done offensively. They had zone time. I, I didn't have any problem putting out putting them out defensively. Uh, I, I thought they were real strong. So uh, I, I think they have a little bit of chemistry. I think uh, Osh has added a dimension to that line that um, because Lars is, has a lot of puck possession uh, ability. Same with uh, Osh. I think they can play the little bit of a two man game, and Connor's a little bit of that sniper on there, and he can make plays as well. So. Um, We'll see if we if we go with it, but they were one of our better lines. I thought uh, um, they might have you know moved to the forefront based on their game. And there they were, the post-game thoughts from Capitals head coach Barry Trotz following the 3-1 loss last night against the Carolina Hurricanes. Heard him there at the end of his meeting with the media, throwing some verbal bouquets, and deservedly so, to the Capitals' third line last night. Lars Eller, TJ Oshie, and Brett Connolly Rounding out the third line last night. And worth noting, Brett Connolly played well. He had four shots on goal in the first period alone last night. We referenced earlier he also caused some traffic on the Lars Eller goal when he was parked atop the crease and was able to provide a screen in front of Scott Darling. But we bring that up regarding Brett Connolly because he was actually scheduled to be a healthy scratch last night. And he was only a last minute, a late addition into the actual lineup as a result of Andre Burakovsky, once he came to the rink, the team announced just before puck drop, just before warm-up, that Andre Burakovsky dealing with illness and would be sitting. And you heard Barry Trotz reference in his post-game meeting with the media as well that Burakovsky not only missing last night's game against the Hurricanes, but he didn't even travel with the team to Carolina for tonight's game against the Hurricanes, and we're going to have a little bit more on Andre Burakovsky coming up later in the show, just about what has been a little bit of a rocky stretch for Andre Burakovsky, a guy the Capitals, if you go before the season started, the preseason training camp, the expectations for Andre Burakovsky this year were pretty high, and you can make a case for good reason. The Capitals anticipating Burakovsky in his fourth full NHL season, could potentially crack 20, even 25 goals on the campaign. And instead, here we are, 44 games into the season, and Burakovsky has just three goals on the year. And he did miss 20 games because of a fractured thumb earlier this season. But even since he returned, uh, coming up on a month ago, uh, the Capitals have been expecting more out of Andre Burakovsky. Think back, sat a few games as a healthy scratch. Now going into the bye week, missing these two games against Carolina because of illness. Just uh, another step back, another uh, another setback, I should say, for Andre Burakovsky in what has been a somewhat difficult 2017-18 campaign. We'll have a whole lot more on Andre Burakovsky and the potential impact he could be making for the Capitals if... He gets his game back in the second half of the year. We'll do that a little bit later on on this Friday afternoon edition of Caps Talk. But when we come back, we're going to continue with our tour of post-game audio from inside the Capitals dressing room. We'll hear from Jay Beagle, Lars Eller, the Tiger himself, Braden Holtby, Matt Niskanen, Brooks Orpik, as well as we continue to look back at last night's setback, what the Capitals will be looking to do different tonight as they visit the Hurricanes at 7.30 tonight at PNC Arena right here on Caps Radio 24-7 and Caps Mobile App. Finally, 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 a sports talk show in Washington completely dedicated to hockey. You're welcome. Walk the road! This is Caps Talk. Caps Radio 24-7, baby. All Capitals, all the time. Call the show at 1-855-GO-CAPS-5 right now or reach us on Twitter at Capitals Radio. Puck left side, Eller turning, firing, he scores! Lars Eller does it again! A shot from the high slot for the pads of Scott Darling! 3-55 to go in the second, 1-1! Captain of Canes. He's playing hard. I mean, he's playing hard and heavy. It's hard to get the puck from him. He's skating. He's uh, hanging on to it. He's winning his battles. And he's playing a determined game. We need a little more of that from everybody if we're going to have any success. 
And that was head coach Barry Trotz following last night's 3-1 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. His thoughts on one of the bright spots for the Capitals, even in defeat last night, the play of Lars Eller. This has been a common theme of late. Eller, the third star last night at Capital One Arena as he extended his personal goal-scoring streak to three consecutive games, his eighth goal overall on the season, and certainly a key cog on arguably the Capitals' best line last night alongside Brett Connolly and TJ Oshie. As we welcome you back inside the D.C. studios, Ben Raby back with you this game day edition of Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app. As we continue to get you set for the Capitals and the Hurricanes, stop us if you've heard that one before the team's meeting for the third time in the last 11 days, including... The second time in as many days, if you take into account last night's game at Capital One Arena. And now tonight, the quick turnaround for both teams. This is the old-fashioned home-and-home series, something you used to see a little bit more often in the NHL. Back in the day, you can say, when two teams' divisional foes would often meet twice in as many nights in two different cities. But uh, we're seeing it now. We're seeing it with the Capitals and the Hurricanes as the Capitals go out for a measure of revenge tonight at PNC Arena. And following last night's loss to the Hurricanes, Lars Eller among those sharing his thoughts inside the Capitals' dressing room as we continue our tour of post-game audio and Lars Eller beginning his meeting with the media by looking ahead a little bit, starting to look towards tonight's game, the rematch, if you will, in Carolina. We're used, we're used to that kind of schedule, so I don't think that's going to be it. I, I think the key for us tomorrow is just uh, use uh, use this loss today as, as fuel for tomorrow. It should be motivation to bring out uh, a better effort tomorrow. I think that's all we need. What's been key for you lately in your offensive search? Just keep shooting, I think. Uh, looking to shoot a little more. I think during the the games that I didn't had a long stretch where I didn't score, but I was still getting chances. Uh, so if, you know, sometimes they just go in, and first stretch they didn't. So yeah. Was it disappointing to just end up with the one goal when you guys seem to maybe have more scoring chances than? Yeah, well, it's always disappointing when we lose at home. Uh, but today we probably didn't deserve much better. I think, like I said, not really our best. Uh, our best game, not our best effort. And when you're not, when you're not uh, playing your best, you, you know, other and other teams, they, you know, they might beat you even at home here. Did you guys stop skating on that delayed penalty? It seemed like everyone was kind of confused. Yeah, uh, I, I think that was just one of the. Uh, a moment where we we still got to have urgency in our game, you know, and not just wait for. I think guys thought, you know, that holds his touch should have been they should have blown the whistle. And yeah, you know, it's it's a bit of a, a gray area, and, but you know, that's we we got to keep playing. What did they do well to kind of bottle you guys up a little bit? Uh, they just they just worked. I think worked a little harder than us. Than us. Uh, they played very structured. They took a lot of space away. They skated well. Forechecked hard. And um, yeah, they played a good team game. You know, and we. I don't think we matched the efforts. At least not for 60 minutes. And there they are. The post game thoughts from Lars Eller following the three one loss to the Carolina Hurricanes and heard Lars Eller touch on it in his meeting with the media right there, that odd sequence that led to the eventual game-winning goal from Victor Rask of the Carolina Hurricanes midway through the third period. The Capitals, with the delayed penalty call upcoming, they felt that they had touched the puck. Brooks Orpik felt he had made enough contact with the puck that the play should have been blown dead as the Capitals felt they had possession, and by rule, the play would have been blown dead before Victor Rask had the chance to fire in the eventual game-winning goal. And Brooks Orpik, he felt he touched the puck. The puck was in the air, and he felt he swatted at it. And afterwards, Brooks Orpik still scratching his head inside the Capitals' dressing room on what transpired in the third period against the Hurricanes. Yeah, um, I'm sure they'll have a lot of video for us. Um... 
but they they were just a little hungrier tonight. It seemed like they were kind of first on pucks, and when they were kind of 50-50 battles, they were coming out with them. Um, sorry if you already entered this, but does there need to be a little more clarity and consistency when it comes to when a play is going to be whistled dead when a, when a player gains possession on a delay penalty? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's I know, I know some of them are kind of tough when there's like deflections and stuff like that, but that one we all thought it was kind of a clear play on the puck and. Uh, I was saying before, it's if I make that same play and it goes over the glass, and um, that's a delay game penalty for sure. So, um, if that's a delay game penalty, then then I, I think you have to call that possession. You know, so that was that was the argument we had, and, and they didn't really give us um, any clarification. They they moved on from it pretty quickly. Shouldn't there be a couple of assists on that goal though, if, if they're right? It's an unassisted that's goal. That's another good point. Yeah. So um, I don't know. It's, uh, it can't be both I, ways. I, uh, I mean, <laughs> we, we, we all were confused by it and frustrated by it. So that's, um, especially when, when that winds up being the winning goal, it was, it was frustrating. And that was a good point brought up by Mike Vogel, acknowledging that on the victor-ass goal, it was unassisted. And you would think if the Capitals had gone that long without themselves, Touching the puck or having possession of the puck, there would have been at least one or two assists on the Victor Ass tally off of a rebound. So uh, certainly a head scratcher. Not the reason why the Capitals ultimately lost last night to the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes played uh, a gritty, a good road game, did Carolina as they earned the win. But certainly uh, still a little bit of a head scratcher there. The play that led to the eventual game-winning goal. From Victor Rask. We continue our post-game round of audio inside the Capitals dressing room with Capitals goaltender Braden Holpe, who turned aside 30 of the 32 shots he faced. Again, Carolina sealing it with an empty netter with just over a minute remaining in regulation. The Hurricanes out shooting the Caps 33-28 on the night, but Braden Holpe takes the loss despite a solid effort. His personal eight-game home winning streak coming to an end as he dropped to 24-9 on the season. Braden, did you guys um, kind of stop playing there for a second when you made the blocker save on the goal that ended up going to Rask? Uh, probably. You know, we hesitated for a half second. Um, uh, you know, that's a play where I thought everyone thought it was, you know, going to be blown down. Um, you know, I, I don't know the exact rule book ruling, but you'd think it's a. Uh, kind of under the same, you know, if, if Brooksy bats that out of the air, they say he does it on purpose, so um, it's a penalty, or out of the air, out of the rink, um, you know, they say it's a penalty on purpose, so uh, we all thought it was uh, going to be blown down, but at the same time, it happened pretty quick, and, and uh, went to that guy, made a good shot, and, um, you know, I'd have to see the replay uh, to, to know what uh, um, exactly we could have done different, but, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. It's a tough uh, saving 30-32, and still losing a one goal game and then how do you what would you look for the team to do differently tomorrow uh i don't know i mean it's uh, uh defensively i thought we were uh did some some better things tonight um you know they came with a with a pretty good uh um game plan on the forecheck uh i thought we uh out of you know a lot of games i, I feel like we we struggled with with just dealing with them and not exactly execution just uh they seemed to be in the right place at the right time mm -hmm. so um you know that's going to be on us for for tomorrow to uh, to do the homework to to figure out how to break the, the system because there's always a way. Um, we just got to figure it out. And um, but uh, you know they played well tonight. Um, I thought it was a, a a good game, good hockey game. Could have uh, could have went either way. Post game thoughts right there from Caps goalie Braden Holpe, who can probably already start to think about the bye week. Holpe not expected to play tonight in Carolina. Philip Grubauer expected to start tonight as the Capitals go in the second of back-to-backs against the Carolina Hurricanes. So in all likelihood, we won't see Brayden Holpe again on the ice until next week when the Capitals return from the bye week with another set of back-to-backs. They'll visit the New Jersey Devils next Thursday, January 18th, and then back home at Capital One Arena a week from tonight, Friday the 19th, when they take on 
the Montreal Canadiens. When we come back, we are going to look a little bit deeper into the absence of Andre Burakovsky. Missed last night's game due to illness. He did not join the team for the road trip in Carolina tonight. So he is missing his second straight game. Another setback for Andre Burakovsky as he looks to get his season back on track. Hopefully it comes together for Andre after the bye week and into the second half of the regular season. Because as we will discuss when Caps Talk returns in a moment... Capitals need Andre Burakovsky to be a little bit more consistent, shall we say, than what we've seen from him during the first half of, albeit, an injury-plagued first half of the campaign. We'll talk about Andre Burakovsky, have some more post-game audio from inside the Caps dressing room. We'll hear from Matt Niskanen, Jay Beagle. We'll also take a look at news and notes from around the NHL, including a potentially significant injury to the league-leading Tampa Bay Lightning. All that, a whole lot more. Busy game day edition of Caps Talk returns in a moment. Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app. This is Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24-7. To center point, Carlson, leading for Burakovsky, up to the left circle, a shot, he scores! He scores! Andre Burakovsky wins it for Washington in overtime! Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Dallas! Washington, for the second straight year, defeats the Stars in overtime at America. Airline Center. Final score, Washington 4 and Dallas 3. Yes, there it was. Had to dig into the archives a little bit for that one. That was back on December 19th as Andre Burakovsky had the overtime game winner against the Dallas Stars. It was his second goal of the game, his third overall on the season. That was part of a big game for Andre Burakovsky. He had two goals and an assist in the 4-3 win over the Dallas Stars and certainly the highlight of the season for Andre Burakovsky. As we welcome you back inside the D.C. studios, Ben Raby back with you this Friday afternoon edition of Caps Talk, a game day edition of the show As we continue to count down to puck drop, the Capitals and Carolina Hurricanes coming up tonight just past 7.30 from PNC Arena in Raleigh. The official start of Caps pregame at 7.15 with John Walton, Ken Sabrin and myself on 106.7 The Fan, 1500 AM in D.C. and also right here on Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app. All right, we play that highlight of Andre Burakovsky. Again, one of the highlights of his season, no doubt. And we play that to bring up the fact that Andre Burakovsky uh, is not in Carolina with the Capitals tonight. He did not travel with the team as he is dealing with an illness. And he'll miss his second straight game tonight. He also did not dress last night in the front end of the home-and-home series against the Hurricanes. And it brings us to Andre Burakovsky. It gives us an opportunity here to take a little bit of a step back and acknowledge that his missing the final two games here before the bye week is just the latest setback in what has been a difficult season for Andre Burakovsky. And for context, you think back to the start of the year before the regular season got going, and when you consider what the Capitals lost in the offseason... And Justin Williams, who was back in the building last night with the Hurricanes. But you lose Justin Williams, who had 24 goals a year ago. You lose Marcus Johansson via trade. He had 24 goals a year ago. And Johansson and Williams, also worth noting, spent much of that season in the top six. And you go a little bit lower down the depth chart. Daniel Winnick, a dozen goals a year ago. You lose him as an unrestricted free agency in the offseason. All that being said, you lost 60 goals from your forward group from a year ago. And one of the questions coming into this year, one of the many question marks surrounding the Capitals ahead of the season, was how are you going to go about replacing, if not all of those 60 goals that walked out the door, at least a good chunk of them. And the Capitals were looking for more production out of Alex Ovechkin, who I've said before, I put this in air quotes, he had only... 
33 goals last season, but the Capitals were hoping for more out of Ovechkin. Perhaps another 40-goal season, maybe even another 50-goal campaign. And sure enough, here we are, 44 games into the season, and Ovechkin certainly doing his part, picking up the slack, leading the Capitals with 27 goals on the year, and those 27 tallies also tied with Tampa Bay's Nikita Kucherov for the overall NHL lead. So we knew we were going to need a little bit more out of Alex Ovechkin. So far, he has certainly produced in a very big way. But then you go a little bit lower down the depth chart, and you look at Tom Wilson to take the next step this season. You look at Jacob Verana as the rookie to make some contributions. He's into double digits in goals with 10, although in an 11-game scoreless drought entering play tonight. But you've gotten some contributions out of Verana. But then really, before the season started, you were looking for a big step this year, potentially, out of Andre Burakovsky. His fourth full NHL season, a former first-round pick, a guy the Capitals had slotted in, penciled in to their top six, and a guy who I think realistically the Capitals had pegged for his first career 20-goal season. He has 20-goal potential, potentially even 25 or 30 goals down the line if everything falls into place for Andre Burakovsky. And I bring all that up to point out the fact that here we are 44 games into the campaign, and Andre Burakovsky has only three goals this season. Again, when the expectation was perhaps he could hit as many as 20. And we should reference, have to acknowledge, of course, he did miss 20 games from mid-October into December when he had the fractured thumb injury. And it's unfortunate for Andre Burakovsky that just before he suffered the fractured thumb in October, he was just starting to, to get his game going. He had a goal and an assist in an overtime win against the Detroit Red Wings, and that was one night before... He suffered the fractured thumb injury. So you'll wonder if he had been healthy, if he had avoided that injury, what could have been. But that being said, he missed the 20 games with the fractured thumb. And then the thought was, okay, he's back in the lineup in mid-December. Maybe it'll take a few games to get him going. But once you get Andre back in the lineup on a regular basis, boom, the Capitals are going to have a top six forward back in the lineup. And again, it took a few games after the injury for him to get going, but I'm going to count quickly, six games into his return, he had that memorable night in Dallas with two goals, including the overtime winner and an assist. And we all thought, all right, Andre is back, and this is very good for the Capitals as they look to develop a top nine, whether Andre Burakovsky is on the first or second line. Even if he's on the third line, back with Lars Eller and Brett Connolly, a trio that had chemistry last season for large stretches. Whatever it may be, you have Andre Burakovsky in your lineup scoring goals. It's a good thing. It certainly has a trickle-down effect. And the Capitals just haven't had enough of that this season. Since scoring in Dallas on December 19th, uh, Andre Burakovsky has not found the back of the net. And he sat as a healthy scratch twice since the Christmas break. And now he's missing these two games going into the bye week because of the illness. So... Certainly among the storylines to keep tabs on in the second half of the campaign, as the Capitals look to maintain their perch atop the Metropolitan Division, will be how much production are the Capitals going to get out of Andre Burakovsky. And if you want to put a positive spin on it from a Capitals perspective, here's the positive, and it's really a positive spin. The Capitals are in first place. They're four points clear of Columbus, five up on New Jersey, and they're in first place despite the fact they only have three goals from Andre Burakovsky. Here we are, mid-January. We're still waiting for Burakovsky to score his first goal of the year on home ice. It's hard to believe. But when you consider Burakovsky with only three goals, when you consider TJ Oshie has only one goal in his last 17 games, one goal in the last 23 games overall, keeping in mind he missed six while he was out with a concussion, but that's a significant sample size with only one goal from TJ Oshie. We referenced Jacob Verana in an 11-game scoreless drought, although he did play very well last Tuesday in the win over the Vancouver Canucks. What I'm getting at is the Capitals are in first place, and as they start the second half in earnest after the bye week and after the All-Star break coming up later this month, if you want to keep tabs on who you're looking for more productivity out of in the second half of the season, TJ is playing better of late. He has acknowledged he needs to be more consistent, and he's a goal scorer. You want him finding the back of the net with a little bit more consistency. You get the sense with TJ it's only a matter of time, but that being said, be nice to see him getting going and scoring goals in bunches as we've been accustomed to in these parts. But also Andre Burakovsky. I think he's going to be a key cog in the second half of the season. 
We'll see what the Capitals decide to do with him. We'll see where he fits into the lineup, if at all. As the Capitals need Andre Burakovsky to be at his best. Three goals, and granted, he's only played 21 games, but even so, three goals in 21 games, that's about a tw- an 11-12 goal pace over the course of an 82-game campaign. It's not enough from Andre Burakovsky. It's not enough from a guy you have penciled in as a 20-25 to goal performer. So he gets a little bit of a head start here on his bye week. We'll see how he does coming out of it starting next Thursday against the New Jersey Devils. And with Burakovsky, by the way, not making the trip to Carolina tonight, the Capitals did recall forward Travis Boyd from AHL Hershey. Boyd made a cameo appearance with the Capitals in early December, got into a pair of games, his first two career NHL games. So we don't necessarily anticipate him being in the lineup tonight. He'll likely sit as the 13th forward and the healthy scratch. But with the Capitals on the road, nice to have that insurance available if needed should any of the 12 healthy forwards come up with something just before puck drop tonight you do have travis boyd joining the team as the extra and again we do anticipate philip grubauer starting in goal tonight for the capitals in the second of back-to-backs on the carolina side cam ward was expected to start for carolina still a chance that he starts this evening for the hurricanes but hurricanes head coach bill peters suggesting last night after the Hurricanes 3-1 win at Capital One Arena and an impressive showing from Scott Darling with 27 saves on 28 shots, Bill Peters suggesting he might have to think about this one. Maybe he'll go back to Scott Darling for the second time in as many nights or perhaps just a little bit of gazemanship there from Bill Peters with Cam Ward, his plan all along. So something to keep tabs on tonight who will start in goal for Carolina. All right, we are going to continue our post-game audio tour from last night inside the Capitals dressing room. The final bit of post-game audio, we leave it to Matt Niskanen and Jay Beagle, and we start with the Capitals' fourth-line center, Jay Beagle, as the Capitals look ahead to a bounce-back performance tonight in the back end of the home-and-home with the Hurricanes. Well, obviously, you know, we had a a couple turnovers in the neutral zone, and, um, you know, but I think... You know, they're obviously a transition team. They come at you hard. I, I think the more you get it deep on these guys, uh, the more you take away from their speed and kind of the way that they like to play. So I think if we just, um, you know, make sure we're getting it behind them and, and you know, going after them behind their goal line kind of, it kind of takes away their speed and, and game a little bit. And um, they work hard. They work really hard and looking forward to tomorrow now. Lars, Matt, seem to feel you guys gave this one away. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it just wasn't our best. So, uh, you know, when you don't play your best at home, you know, anytime, but especially at home, you know, you feel like you, you know, let two points slip. And um, so I would say I would agree with them. You guys have been really good at responses this season, really for a few seasons now, but is tomorrow maybe a little more important yeah. given the, the gap and the inability to pick up points for five Right, it, yeah, a little a little bit weird. You know, obviously with the schedule, you got a back-to-back against the same team uh, and then obviously a four-day break with the bye week. So um, just have to make sure that, you know, like you said, we go after them and, and get the two points and, you know, go into the bye, bye week on the kind of on a high and on the right note. So take care, take care of them tomorrow. And there they are, the post-game thoughts from Jay Beagle following the 3-1 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes last night. And the final bit of post-game audio as the Capitals saw their season-high five-game winning streak come to an end. We leave it to Caps defenseman Matt Niskanen. We probably had enough enough looks to um, score more than one. Um, but that was a winnable game. Uh, we were okay, but not good enough. Came came down to one goal. Uh, what happened to the third? You said you were okay. Um, it seemed like you guys uh, made some some gaffes in your own, like really close to the net. A couple of egregious turnovers down low. Holtz covered those up. It's it's odd that in the end a shorty and a delayed penalty goal wind up getting it. While I'm on that subject, did you guys think that they should have blown that dead after Brooksy touched it? Uh, I'd have to see it again. Um, it's the whole posi- you know, question of possession and I think intentionally whacking a puck is 
is possession because you're directing it. Now, if you're just tipping a pass, that's not possession. But uh, I'd have to see it again to be, give you a better answer. But yeah, Holtz was, he was good tonight. Um, this, they forecheck well. They kind of pin you into a small area and um, force you into making tough plays um, with not a lot of space. So uh, we'll have to be a little bit better there tomorrow. And that the final bit of post-game audio from last night's 3-1 Capitals loss against the Carolina Hurricanes. Caps seeing their 10-game home winning streak coming to an end. And now the quick turnaround as the Caps and Hurricanes will do it again tonight at PNC Arena in Raleigh. The back end of the home-and-home home series and the final game for the Capitals before five complete days off for the annual bye week. No games, no practice. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Five days strictly for R&R. But first things first, tonight's game against the Hurricanes in Carolina. When we come back, we are going to take a look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. We'll preview the night ahead on the NHL itinerary. Also take a look back at the week that was with the latest installment of the NHL's Plays of the Week. Courtesy the folks at NHL Radio. We'll do that when Caps Talk continues in a moment. Caps Radio 24-7 in the Caps mobile app. For fans inside the Beltway or anywhere on earth where the red is rock. Rock the red! This is Caps Talk on your radio home of the Washington Capitals. Caps Radio. Now to the right side, Ovechkin. Right circle, a shot, he scores! Ovechkin does it again! Overtime winner from the right circle! Good afternoon and good night, Carolina. Washington wins in come from behind fashion. Final score, 5-4 to four here in Raleigh. The captain buries it for another OT thriller. And that's how it sounded back on January 2nd at PNC Arena in Carolina. Capitals rallying from 4-3 down in the third period. Alex Ovechkin, the game-tying goal late in the third period, setting the stage for one of his many season highlights, his game winner in three-on-three overtime, the 100th career game-winning goal for Alex Ovechkin as the Caps went on to beat the Hurricanes. The highlight there, 5-4 in overtime and the Capitals back at PNC Arena again tonight as the Caps and Hurricanes meet for the third time in 11 days the team splitting the first two matchups again the Caps taking an OT on January 2nd 5-4 in Carolina and the Hurricanes taking care of business last night in DC 3-1 Hurricanes over the Capitals last night at Capital One Arena and now the quick turnaround for both teams as they'll do it once more this evening at PNC Arena in Raleigh. As we remind you, puck drop tonight at 7.30 Eastern. The official start at Caps pregame at 7.15 with John Walton, Ken Sabrin, and myself, Ben Raby, on 106.7 The Fan, 1500 AM, and right here on Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app. So while the Hurricanes were busy beating the Capitals last night in D.C., only two other games in the NHL last night, the Columbus Blue Jackets blew an opportunity to gain ground on the Capitals in the Metropolitan Division as they fell to the last place Buffalo Sabres 3-1 the final last night at Key Bank Center in western New York. So the Sabres doing the Capitals a favor on the out-of-town scoreboard. And the only other final last night, it was in Tampa Bay And a rough night for the host Lightning as they were taking on the Calgary Flames. Feeds Coburn a right circle shot blocked. Four seconds left and this one is over. An impressive win for the Calgary Flames. They were very efficient at finishing their chances that were glorious scoring chances. They put five goals past Vasilevsky and win it by a final of 5-1. Dave Mishkin had the final call on the Tampa Bay Lightning Radio Network as the Flames have now won a season-high five straight. They give the Lightning the business 5-1 the final. But the Tampa Bay Lightning, as the cliche goes, may have lost a little bit more than a hockey game last night. Scary moment in the second period 
And the Tampa Bay Lightning collectively holding their breath as they now head into the bye week with Victor Hedman, the Norris Trophy finalist a year ago, one of the top defensemen in the NHL, leaving the game prematurely after a knee-on-knee collision in the second period. He had to be helped into the Lightning dressing room. Victor Hedman did, was putting no pressure on his left leg. The Lightning calling it a lower body injury. Fortunately for Tampa Bay, they do have the bye week right now, so five days off to sort of reevaluate the situation. No timetable on a possible return for Victor Hedman, but based on some of the post-game reaction last night at Emily Arena, you have a sense that this is not going to be a short-term situation for Steven Stamkos and the Lightning. Obviously, when a guy you know can't really put weight on his leg and doesn't come back, it's especially Hedy who battles through a lot of stuff. It's it's not. Uh, it didn't look very good. So obviously, we were hoping and praying for the best news, but uh, you know we'll have to wait and see. It's it's always tough losing uh, him or any any guy on our team, uh, especially with the with the way he played uh, or has been playing lately. And, um, and the amount of minutes he plays, so that was a tough loss. And those were the thoughts in Tampa Bay from Lightning captain Steven Stamkos and also from defenseman Anton Strollman on the loss last night of Victor Hedman, who left the Lightning's game early with a lower body injury. Hedman, six goals, 33 points in 43 games this season. He is also among the league leaders in ice time. A plus 24 rating is used in all situations for the league-leading Tampa Bay Lightning. And perhaps league-wide, it maybe slips under the radar a little bit when you have headliners there like Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos. But at least up front, the Tampa Bay Lightning have been able to dodge injury issues over the years. They've dealt with the injury bug quite a bit in Tampa Bay, but a whole lot of scoring depth up front. But if you look on the back end, a loss of Victor Hedman would potentially be Very significant for the league-leading Lightning. They've been among the best stories in the first half of the season, but potentially a serious blow if Victor Hedman is to miss any time. And with that being said, going to eavesdrop a little bit in Tampa Bay right now. Head coach John Cooper, his post-game meeting with the media last night at Amelie Arena in very much a somber mood following the 5-1 loss to the Calgary Flames, overshadowed, of course, by that loss of Victor Hedman. It's a lower body injury, so we uh, he's got to get tested tomorrow. So I guess we'll see the extent of uh, what's wrong. But it was, uh, you know, it was pretty deflating when, uh, you know, not so much when it happened, but we went in the break after the second period, and um, you know, we're in a we actually we actually played pretty good, and yeah, we were, you know, scoring chances were two to one. You know, on our side, I don't know how, the, how they would figure them out, but especially after two, I thought we had pretty much control of that game, and to go into the room down 3-1 was was tough. Um, and then, you know, we just we gave up the early one in the third, and I think, uh, you know, that was it. There didn't seem to be a lot of optimism amongst your players that this could be a short-term thing. Is there concern that it could be more than just a day-to-day type thing? Well, there's a lot of concern, but I don't, we don't know. Like, you know, there's concern because it's unknown. Um, so I, it, there's no point in speculating. And so let's just wait till uh, tomorrow. And, you know, it's uh, probably this break's coming at an extremely good time for us. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. There's nothing we can do now. Hedman has talked about, I'll guys talk about how, how big Vasilevsky has been for your team, but how big it just had been in the scope of hell the way you guys do things. <laughs> well, it's, you've heard me say this numerous times, you know, often how heady goes is how we go. And um, he, we have some elite players on this team, uh, but on the back end, you know, he's kind of a rock back there. He plays nearly half the game and um, in all situations. So he, um, he can help dictate a lot of the play of, of how we're doing things. But uh, it's, it's not like we haven't lost him before. Um, you know, I guess the big worry would be if, if it's long-term. But again, it's, it's hard to say. But I, you'd go to any team in the league. You know, take, you know, whatever, Carlson off Ottawa or take, I don't know, Dowdy off L.A. You just go through the guys and, you know, it, has, it would have an impact on any team. So...
if uh, if he's out for a bit, it would probably have a little impact on our team, yeah. And there they were, the postgame thoughts from Tampa Bay Lightning head coach John Cooper following last night's 5-1 loss to the Calgary Flames and discussing, of course, the loss of Victor Hedman, number one defenseman from the league-leading Tampa Bay Lightning. Fortunately for the Lightning, they do have some time to figure things out as they now begin the five-day break for their bye week. They won't exactly be eased back into things as they'll take on the Vegas Golden Knights when they return next Thursday at Amelie Arena, but certainly a story with legs and something worth monitoring over the next few days. The immediate future of Victor Hedman and the Tampa Bay Lightning as that would be a serious blow for the best team in the NHL so far this season. Meanwhile, starting to look ahead towards tonight action in the NHL, the Capitals and Hurricanes, one of five games in the National Hockey League this evening. Capitals beginning the night, four points clear of the Columbus Blue Jackets in the Metropolitan Division. Blue Jackets home tonight, taking on the Vancouver Canucks. It's the second game in as many nights for Columbus as they look to bounce back from last night's 3-1 setback to the Buffalo Sabres. The Canucks, meanwhile, they are continuing their season-high seven-game road trip, and it has been a struggle of late for Vancouver. The Canucks have dropped five straight overall and 13 of their last 15 games, including most recently 3-1 setback at Capital One Arena on Tuesday night. Brock Besser, the rookie, among the few bright spots for the Canucks this season. Besser, a Rookie of the Year candidate, He leads all first-year players in scoring this season with 22 goals and 40 points. Besser also leading the Canucks with six power play goals and four game-winning goals on the season. And no surprise, Besser heading to the All-Star game later this month to represent the Vancouver Canucks in Tampa Bay. Besser, worth noting, the only rookie named to the NHL All-Star game This season, Columbus defenseman Seth Jones, he is the Blue Jackets' lone representative at the All-Star Game later this month in Tampa. And you have the Jackets and Canucks tonight at 7 o'clock from Nationwide Arena in Columbus. Elsewhere this evening, Calgary Flames continuing their road trip as they visit the Florida Panthers. Calgary's second game in as many nights after they took care of the Lightning 5-1 last night at Amelie Arena. Michael Furlan picked up his 19th goal of the season for the Flames. Furlan playing very well of late. He is on a personal four-game goal-scoring streak. And the Flames as a whole, they are on a season-high five-game winning streak. And that has helped the Flames leapfrog past the San Jose Sharks into third place In the Pacific Division, Johnny Goudreau, a big reason for the Flames' recent success. He is heading to the All-Star Game later this month. Johnny Goudreau, the Flames' leading scorer with 51 points on the season and of late 10 points in his last five games. The Florida Panthers, meanwhile, they are back home after going 1-2-1 on a four-game road trip. They did end the trip on a winning note, though, as they beat the St. Louis Blues 7-4 7-4 Tuesday night at Scott Trade Center. Florida tonight entering play six points behind Carolina for the second wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. James Reimer starting again tonight for Florida. He will be making his 16th consecutive start as Roberto Luongo remains out with injury. In the Western Conference, the Central Division leading Winnipeg Jets among the first half surprises. They visit the Chicago Blackhawks tonight at United Center. The Jets have won three straight and they are 6-0-1 in their last seven games as the Winnipeg Jets begin the night three points clear of the second place Nashville Predators and four points up on the third place, St. Louis Blues. Winnipeg's Connor Hellebeck expected to start in goal tonight, his first game since being named an NHL All-Star for the first time in his career. And why not? Hellebeck enters play tonight 23-4-6 on the campaign. Impressive stuff from Connor Hellebeck in Winnipeg. And keep in mind, this comes after the Jets signed free agent Brian Elliott, or I should say free agent Steve Mason, in the offseason to a two-year deal. Meanwhile, the Chicago Blackhawks, they are looking to bounce back from a 2-1 loss on Wednesday night against the Minnesota Wild. That was the opener of a six-game homestand for the Blackhawks, 
who are still without number one goalie Corey Crawford with an upper body injury, and that means the backup Anton Forsberg will make his fourth straight start tonight. Forsberg 3-6-3 on the year for the Blackhawks, who remain on the outside of a playoff position, two points behind Minnesota for the second wildcard spot in the Western Conference. And a fresh face expected to make his Chicago Blackhawks debut tonight, Anthony Duclair, acquired earlier this week from the Arizona Coyotes in a deal that sent former 20-goal scorer Richard Panic to the Coyotes. And speaking of the Coyotes, they are also in action tonight, their first game back after their bye week as the Coyotes will play host to the struggling Edmonton Oilers tonight at Gila River Arena in Glendale. The Oilers limping into the desert, having lost three straight and seven of their last eight games overall. So that a look at the night ahead in the NHL. And right now, as we do every Friday afternoon, we're going to take one final look back at the week that was with our friends from NHL Radio, the latest installment of the NHL's Plays of the Week. He's won the Selkie Trophy as the NHL's best defensive forward four times, so he's hardly an unknown, but it's goals that get headlines. And Patrice Bergeron got plenty of both with Saturday's explosion against the Hurricanes. Bergeron over the line, right side, wrister, he scores! Right took a Bergeron, he scores! Archie left to the net, centered, fired, they score! That's the hat-trick! Throw him if he got him! Right circle, Pasternak, centered, they score! That's a four-spot for Judd Surratt was there to witness the best offensive night of Bergeron's career as the Bruins won for the eighth time in their last ten games. Point maneuvers it back to Strawman right point. Strawman with room. Strawman shoots. I think Johnson on the deflection there, and we're tied at two. I saw Dodgson shoots off the post. Rebound Johnson. Save made. Rebound Johnson. Good play, Hedman. Rattles it out to Johnson at center ice. Taps it into the Carolina zone and pursues Johnson. Able to win it. Score! What a goal! goal. It's a hat trick for Tyler Johnson! What a goal that was. And he makes it 5-3 with 5.06 left. That's Dave Mishkin and Phil Esposito on Tuesday as the Lightning edged Carolina 5-4 thanks to Johnson's third career three-goal game. Connecting headbands up that right wing. Here's Claude Giroux. He's got Couturier going to the net. The centering pass. They score! What a setup! Connecting to Giroux and he finds Couturier cutting in. Here's Couturier. He'll walk. He'll fire. He scores into the empty net. Sean Couturier says enough of this, and he's got his second of the game. Quietly, the Philadelphia Flyers have been crawling back into the race in the Metropolitan Division, and Sean Couturier's been a big reason. Those two goals, thanks to Tim Saunders, helped Philly to a 6-3 win over St. Louis last Friday. Then, less than 24 hours later, he did it again. The right side, down low to Giroux behind the net. In front, Couturier, he scores! Sean Couturier continues to rack up offense. Philadelphia gets it in center ice with an empty goal at the Buffalo line. Couturier scores! Another two-goal game for Sean Couturier. And the Flyers are going to win here against the Sabres. It's 3-1. 4-1 was the final on Sunday as the Flyers won their third straight game heading into their bye week. That's in. Scores! seconds into this one, Dean Brown. Matt Duchesne scores seven seconds into the overtime. Dean Brown and Gord Wilson hardly had time to get settled as overtime commenced at Canadian Tire Center on Friday, but Duchesne capped off a three-goal third-period comeback to give the Senators a 6-5 to win over San Jose. Stop called by Carlson just inside the zone. And now ahead for Oshie. On the backstrom on a break. Backstrom on a load. He moves, he shoots, he scores! the ninth straight win on home ice for the Washington Capitals as they topped the Blues 4-3 on Sunday. John Walton hadn't seen them lose at Capital One Arena since the end of November before Thursday's 3-1 loss to Carolina ended their streak at a season's best 11 in a row. Kessel getting the bucket Morgan back to Kessel and Brother Morgan.
Lang with the call on Sunday as the Penguins finally prevailed in a back-and-forth 6-5 affair against Boston. Malkin passed Mario Lemieux as the all-time leader in regular season overtime goals for the franchise with his 12th. Here comes Panarin up the ice. He's got a man fresh off the bench, and he finds that man. That's where Renski puts it in front. Panarin shoots, and he scores! And I got two words for you! Game over! What a comeback for the Blue Jackets Monday night in Toronto. Bob McElligot was there as Columbus scored twice in the final four and a half minutes of regulation to tie it, then earned their league-high 11th win after 60 minutes this season. Gaudreau walks in front and drops it. Hamilton scores! Dougie Hamilton with his second straight game winner. Tonight, it's the overtime winner as the Flames defeat the Wild 3-2. And that's Derek Wills with the game winner on Tuesday as Calgary won their fourth straight. I'm Doug Brown for NHL Radio. And there they are, the latest installment of the NHL's Plays of the Week from our friends at NHL Radio. As we remind you, the Capitals and Carolina Hurricanes coming up tonight at 7.30 Eastern. This will be the Capitals' final game before five days off for the annual bye week. So we'll see if the Capitals can head off on a winning note and bounce back from last night's 3-1 loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. A reminder, John Walton, Ken Sabrin, and myself, Ben Raby, will be back with you for the official start of Caps pregame at 7.15 right here on Caps Radio 24-7 and the Caps mobile app. Listening to Caps Talk on Caps Radio 24-7. Tune in every Monday through Friday at 4 Eastern to hear the players, coaches, media, and fans talk Caps, hockey, and always taking your phone calls at 1-855-GO-CAPS-5 on your all-capitals, all-the-time station, Caps Radio 24-7.